Well, I want to welcome you to the Raw Roast, where we have real conversation about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. My name is Tucker Anderson. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm one of the hosts of this podcast. And uh, back on uh, today uh, with Pastor Ben and Pastor Sean, and uh, we got our got our coffee here. Uh, and we're going to talk about, uh, Sean, you're in a new sermon series uh, called Decision Time. thought yeah. it would be a good opportunity just to set up this series, talking a little bit about why this series, why Decision Time, and why a focus on Deuteronomy. Yeah, well, I'm I'm excited about the series. I I really enjoyed Deuteronomy. I've read through it on a number of different occasions, and um, I've, I've preached through parts of it before. But um, I decided just to kind of land the, in this idea of decision time because I think that there are so many decisions right now. There's so many things facing all of us, um, and we're trying to sort through how best to make those decisions and. You know, the, the place I want to start is our relationship with God. You know, are we going to let God be God and follow God as first priority or the small g gods? And I think that's where Moses was at. He's like, you know, we're, we're going to come, we're going to come into a new place where there are going to be so many idols. There are going to be so many things that distract you. There are idols, actual idols of people, but then there are also there's going to be a wealth in the land. There's going to you know cities that are built. There are vineyards planted. There are wells that are already dug. I mean, saying, hey, you're going to come into established places and you're going to have things you didn't have as you wandered. Are you still going to serve God? And, and I think that's an appropriate challenge for all of us. This question is for both of you. What, what are some of the main... Maybe we can structure this conversation around two different maybe two different streams that are related, some of the big level decisions that we need to make right now. And these might be some of the maybe bigger cultural issues that uh, are very prevalent in in media right now. And then maybe we can talk about some, you know, bring it down a level, talking about some of the day-to-day decisions that we need to make yeah. and see if we can uh, uh, glean some wisdom from Deuteronomy from this sermon series around some of these bigger decisions that we need to make what are so maybe at that 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 top level issue some of these bigger cultural decisions what are some of the main ones that that we're facing right now that uh, you feel like are, are are the most important to talk about that's really good and and I appreciate saying hey let's let's find some definition because really we make decisions all the time like we are we're constantly making decisions and i've been thinking you know it's kind of it's it's a reality that we are um kind of the sum total of the decisions we make and and a lot of those are little things but you're right some are really big things um you know i i think big things are about relationships um big things are about you know the, the the priority that we're gonna put on the things of God. Um, I think big things are where we spend our money or how we make investments. Or you know, big things are the the plan we have and the hope that we have for the future. Um, you know, I, I I don't know if those are all the categories, but you know, when we have people who hit crises, it's usually around one of those things. It's, mm-hmm. It's money, it's relationships, it's stuff, it's the priority of God or not. What would you add, Ben? I'm thinking of two different things on a bigger, you know, in the the bigger spectrum, maybe culturally. The thing, it's a little bit of a different take, but yeah. I'm 
thinking about things like um, having a a biblical uh, a biblically based well formed uh, sexual ethic. So you know sexual identity. How is it that we uh, think about who who we are mm-hmm. uh, in, in kind of in that camp? So that's I think something that is certainly a, uh, a a cultural issue conversation. Something that I see my own in my own life, and then also my my kids mm-hmm. like wrestling with that in the circles that they're in, and you know their generation. I think the other thing I think about is the relationship that. Uh, we have with uh, w- with politics or political parties, and or just and how it is that we think about um, our involvement in that, and how that shapes, you know, our who who we are, decisions again that that we make, what we decide to do mm-hmm. or be a part of, what you know, what do we hitch our wagon to <laughs> when mm-hmm. it, when it comes to uh, how we define who who we are as people, and. So I think those two conversations, I, I don't know, those seem like real, I don't, I don't want to say hot button, but like those are the yeah. things that are kind of right, well, right there. Well, I would say that the human sexuality issue is, is international. You know, it's something that certainly yeah. is in scripture. The political one is absolutely crucial, but it's kind of a hot issue right now in America, yeah. you know, in the, in the good old USA. Right. And, and we need to really advocate for kingdom thinking. Right, you know, here and now, but then also biblical values when it comes to uh, perspectives on sexuality. Yeah, let's take some of these topics. So, and maybe we can th- think more generally in just terms of t- principles around making decisions. So, like when it comes to s- things like sexuality, politics, um, when it comes to like financial decisions, where do we even begin to? process some of these big decisions that we have to that we have to make and maybe we need to just take one as an example as I think about it because maybe it's slightly different depending on what the the actual situation is yeah I, you know I think one of the you know, pieces that we find in Deuteronomy that we can apply um, it, it's a nation that's on the verge of coming into a new land and a new space mm-hmm. and you know, God says, "I'm going to give you commands and decrees. I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a guidebook of how you should behave, not only before God, but then, you know, um, horizontally. Like, you know, the, the Ten Commandments are are four of them are about God, and six of them are about how we can get along. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the story is that we're not doing God well, and we're we're not getting along. Mm-hmm. And so he said, but if you'll follow these, then you'll be an example to the nations. Um, chapter 4, he said, you know, if you'll just look at this and you'll follow this, people around will say there's a wise nation. And so, you know, we, we think about um, finances. We think about how we spend our money. And, you know, again, there's this, this pattern in Scripture of saying that generosity is absolutely crucial, that we need to look for the needs of others. We need to be wise live within our means. There's just a lot of really practical things that by and large we don't do, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And we, I think as I come across people, I think most people would rather be more generous than they are, but they just haven't figured out how to make space for that. Um, or they've been so caught up in the uh, materialism, the small G God of materialism mm-hmm. in this world. I don't know. That's one example. 
I'm reading a book right now uh, that's actually somewhat related to your sermon series. It's by Michael Horton called Recovering Our Sanity, um, How the Fear of God Conquers the Fears That Divide Us. And he makes really he makes two good points in it. He says, first, we need to look up to God in faith, and then we look out to others in love. And I'm paraphrasing. Um, but I think those are really good points. So, like, when we make decisions, is that decision being made first from a posture of looking up to God and faith, and then secondly, is it actually driving us to love our neighbor? And if it's not coming from that, the source of looking up, and if it's not compelling us to love our neighbor, then um, probably it is not a biblical. Well, I think most assuredly it's not a biblical decision. Yeah, then we'd say someone's at a decision point there, and you've got to decide yeah. <laughs> if it can't check those two boxes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a third option. I can just do whatever I want to do. Yeah. And but but I think people too often make those crucial decisions without realizing it. Everyone around them is making, yeah, and they just kind of follow, or the the, the world kind of creeps. In. I mean, it's just it's like we're just we're selfish beings by nature. And so that comes almost without a decision, but it is a decision. Yeah. Ben, what are some principles that you've found in terms of making decisions? Like, what are some of the, what are some of those first uh, uh, what are some of the first thoughts that you make or that you have when you're trying to make a decision? Still early. I'm trying to formulate my my own thoughts here. <laughs> I think that question makes sense. First thoughts. <laughs> what are the first Does it make thoughts me feel that you good? think? <laughs> <laughs> I base all my decisions on feelings. No. I'm just I'm kidding. Uh, and that's our engagement pastor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I am a feeler, so feelings yeah. are feelings are definitely in there, so I gotta curb those. Um, bring it back to the word. I yeah, that's a good question. I think I mean, so with the with the uh, sermon series, decision time connected to Deuteronomy, I think what God has been reminding me and encouraging me of is is to remember. So your first sermon, Sean, and, and even this last week, kind of this theme of, uh, you know, that that we see in Deuteronomy, which is, I feel like God saying, hey, re- remember what I did for you. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. remember who I am. You know, the first, uh, the first thing really that Moses says when he's addressing the Israelites with the Ten Commandments, he says, uh, from from God Himself, He says, "I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, hmm. out of the land of slavery." Like, yeah. re- remember who I am yeah. and what I've done, and you shall have no other gods before me. So and that's not too abstract. It's really practical. No, it is like you were stuck, <laughs> and I you freed captured, you, and I freed you. <laughs> so I would say that for me has been uh, just a real practical hmm. conviction. You know, lots of little decision points throughout my day where do I choose to, like you also said, Tucker, with the book you're reading, do I point back towards God? Do I turn my attention back to God and remember who He is first and foremost? And uh, and, and I think really then from that place, trusting that when I, by His grace, position my heart in, in that way, uh, that he's going to give me the wisdom that I need to make, a, you know, all the little decisions that I'm making throughout the day, mm-hmm. and ultimately that he's with me. So, I think that active part of of just reorienting my my own mind and heart mm-hmm. back to God, and um, 
and then really walking in faith, trusting that, um, you know, by the power of His Spirit, He's He's going to help me uh, make wise decisions throughout my day as I interact with people, my kids, uh, you know, and everybody else. So, I don't know. There's a really good analogy that kind of hit on in chapter one, and that was, you know, the the word came back from the promised land that there were really tall cities and there were really yeah. tall men. Yeah. So there's soldiers over there that were giants. And so, you know, the, the challenge that Moses laid before them was to remember God, to remember his character, remember his behavior, remember his activity in your past. And, and when you go against the giants in the land, don't forget, mm. you know, remember God, don't get amnesia from the midst of conflict. And, you know, some of these topics, some of these issues are giants in the land. They're, they yeah. are for all of us. Yeah, they are. And and particularly in chapter four, chapter six, he says, man, pass these on to your kids and your kids' kids. Um, there's a lot of giants. Maybe there's some unique giants for our kids that don't seem like giants to us. Um, but there's giants in the land for them that are, are going to cause them to panic or cause them to get a little amnesia about who God is. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, one of the themes, too, that through Deuteronomy, and you've hit on this a couple times now, Sean, is that theme of idolatry, those little G-gods. And I'm always struck by the end of Exodus when, you know, Moses is up on the mountain, he comes back down, and he finds the people worshiping uh, the golden calf. And I think sometimes, well, I think traditionally we've seen that as they're worshiping a totally, something that's totally foreign totally different and I don't if you look at the text what's interesting is it says Aaron says you know behold your gods who led you out of Egypt and I so they're ascribing the qualities of Yahweh to an idol Hmm. and I think idolatry then is oftentimes more subtle than than constructing a just a completely different God I mean in reality it is a completely different God so don't hear me saying that but I think it's more subtle often than we typically think. So when I think of idolatry in my own life, um, I think sometimes it can take the form of a like a twist on what's true, like a twist mm. on an, a biblical worldview, a twist on who God is, and then I start to you know, ascribe the qualities of God to some to something else. Yeah. Um, and you know, and like for example, like in one case, it could be like finances. For instance, could be a, a, a form of idolatry if we're finding our security in those. Um, we might even say, like, I'm applying good principles, biblical principles, to my finances, so that I might be secure. But in reality, we should find our security in God while mm-hmm. uh, applying good biblical principles for finances, for instance. So no. I think there's a subtle. It's subtle, but we easily can fall into that trap of idolatry i don't does that make is that right. making sense and i think that the politics has become that subtle subtle slide where we, we we conflate um the the political party with our christian aspirations and we kind of forget wait which is the hope you know which is the one that's going to assure the other and it's it's you know the jesus christ and it's the kingdom of god that is our hope it's not that our political party or a candidate is going to make it good for Christianity. Christianity is the one who is the actor in, 
and the basis. And so, hmm. man, that that becomes very, very subtle. And, you know, I, again, it's probably, with Aaron, like, was he mistaken or was he deceptive? Like, was he really mistaken? And, and I think he could be, like, oh, maybe this is, this just gives a little tangibility to the people. Like, they can actually see it, feel it, touch it. That, that'd be kind of cool. And, and then I think that's what we do with politics is like, hey, well, we can see this, touch it, feel it. We can vote for it. Well, the kingdom of God is, is far greater, and God is still on his throne. And <laughs> that's our hope. I think part of, the, part of the, that subtle pull, I mean, it, it makes me think of the, the very first you know, decision that was made by Adam and Eve, hmm. right, to eat from the tree of knowledge, you know, of uh, knowledge of good and evil, like that, that very specific act of saying, no, I think I'm, I think I can figure this out on my own. I think, I think I want to take control here. And part of that subtle um, kind of pull, Tucker, I think you're talking about, it leads back to, in my mind, self, like self Lordship, like you know, um, again placing myself in a position, even even if subtly, that oh, I, where I feel like I'm in control, I feel like I'm, uh, you know, I'm better off if mm-hmm. uh, if I'm the one kind of orchestrating things in my life, and and not God. So I really, in my mind, goes back to. The, the very first <laughs> yeah I think you're exactly right and like and it's it's subtle because Adam and Eve were image bearers of God right. they're created as image bearers and then the mm-hmm. serpent's twist on that yeah. truth is if did you God this, really you, you will become like God yeah which did is God really, really tell you not to yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> if you go to the end of chapter 3 God says they have become like one of us so mm-hmm. there is an element of what, yeah. what the serpent said was actually came to be but it was diverged from what their calling was of being image bearers. Yeah. And so, I've, yeah, that's where idolatry and that the serpent's lie is so dangerous because it's it's so subtle sometimes mm-hmm. and we need to, I think that's why we need to be good students of, the, of Scripture because that's, and reliance upon the Holy Spirit, the only way we can actually be wise to understand the those subtle lies. Hmm. And Moses says, uh, wrote this in chapter 6, verse 13. He says, Fear the Lord your God, serve him only, and take your oaths in his name. Do not follow other gods, the gods of people around you. For the Lord your God, who is among you, like near us, is a jealous God, and his anger will burn against you, and he'll destroy you from the face of the land. So, so there's this hard-hitting part of Deuteronomy. So, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. fish or cut bait, like are you in or not? But, you know, th- there's all sorts of relational conversation there. It, it's like the Lord your God who's among you. And yeah. he's there with you. And he's a jealous God, not because he needs that, but because we need that. And we need that clarity and we need that strength and we need that ability to see the decisions we're making so that we can live well and long in the land. Um there's just all sorts of cool comments and I mean thoughts around these promises and again there's a near application it's the people walking into a physical space of land but you know in Ephesians when it talks about parenting it goes back to this promise 
And it says also, you know, there's there's not a land base, there's not promise. But it says there's something about the goodness of that relationship when we fear God, we love our kids, and we point our kids towards God. I love that, Sean. That's a great theme. And like even if we and if we pull that theme throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament, you come to Matthew and we have Jesus, who is Emmanuel, God with us. That mm-hmm. theme is revisited, and you go to the end of Matthew, and it's Jesus promises He will be with us till the end of the age. Yeah. So, and, so make decisions, but you're not on your own. Yeah. I, mean, I just love that. Like every, everything in Scripture should be how-to, but none of it's a DIY. It's not a do-it-yourself. Yeah. You know that that God is with us. He's among us. He has sent Christ as our atonement, and He sends the Holy Spirit as our advocate. Any final words? I know we're running uh, towards, towards the end of our time here. Any final thoughts on on just some of the those core foundations of decision making that you'd want to leave with our our listeners? Yeah, I I, I would say that decision making is challenging, and and there's just so many different ways to apply this. So like, there's a you know hundred thousand decisions that we make. And one of the really big blessings in Becky and my life is being around people who are wise decision makers and gleaning from them. Now, we're not going to say, hey, how do I make this particular decision? But just that, that interaction, I mean, there's times where I've had people I, I just reach out to and say, how do I make this decision? Mm-hmm. But, but you see people who, in a pattern, are trying to follow after God and live well with others. And then you glean, you pick up, you're shaped by that. So again, the importance of community is so vital in decision-making. That's good. The one thing that I'm thinking about here actually goes back to uh, two weeks ago, Sean, when you were preaching. And uh, the, the main thing that God kind of spoke to me through that time was this theme of refuge. And in part of that sermon, I wrote it down, which is why I remember. Mm. Um, but you had, you had this phrase, my refuge is not mm. my own making. And it really got me thinking about my tendency when I get into trouble or when I'm facing hardship or it's, it's to kind of bear down on my own, my own abilities or my own you know, uh, trying to figure it out on my own. And I would say even not just with, within myself, but then uh, w- one of my first tendencies is to go to the people around me, which again, isn't, I don't think a, is not a bad thing, but uh, I think what God was reminding me of is that I, I think his desire <laughs> for, for me, because he knows what's best for me is that I would see him hmm. initially as, that my refuge. place of refuge. Yeah. And so that truth of God being my refuge and ever-present help in times of trouble. Yeah. And and then the promise that we that we read in James about drawing near to God and his promise is that he will draw near hmm. to us and so I yeah, I think I would encourage that in this theme of of remembering and again when we face Difficult times. I mean, it's a simple truth, but so difficult to walk out because, again, we we want to we want to pull on what's most tangible or what we feel like is going to be best, and oftentimes that gets turned in on itself. Yeah. It's like, oh, we we can figure it out. Well, like, no, God is our refuge. We don't make you know we don't make our own 
our own place of refuge. God is that for us. That's really good, you guys. So, Sean, yours is to, to look to look to community. I mean, community is really important, and, uh, and and looking to people that might have a, a few more gray hairs um, mm-hmm. than we do. You know, a few steps down down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, for both for us around this table, both of you have a few more gray hairs than than I do. <laughs> yeah. You don't have any. Do you? I have one. Uh, you have one, one white hair oh coming out the side of my my sideburns. Ben, yours is. I a, have one. He says. <laughs> Uh, you're, ben, yours, uh, you know, to um, draw near to God, He will draw near to you. And oh. I think those are, I, I wouldn't have anything to add. I think those are great reminders. Um, thank you both for this conversation today. This has been uh, helpful for me. Um, and I hope it's been helpful for you as our listeners. I want to thank you for listening. If you'd like more information about Calvary Church, you can visit us at calvarychurch.us. You can check us out online or in person on Sunday mornings. And we would encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you listen. It also helps if you leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you and hear your comments about this show today or any of our other episodes. Uh, we look forward to having you join us again next week. Next week.